This time on episode 313 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we discuss Runaways Season 3, Episode 1, Smoke and Mirrors, and Season 3, Episode 2, The Great Escape. I'm Stephen John Drew from Better Podcasting, a podcast about podcasting part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find fantastic geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the shield director. Now it's time for your schedule debriefing. I'm director SP. And I'm Agent Michelle. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. The show is recorded on Sunday, January 5th, 2020. Live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast worldwide via www.geeks.live. Come and join our live chat as we record. Michelle, happy National Screenwriters Day. Well, without screenwriters, we wouldn't have the TV show we're talking about now. So, yay, screenwriters. Yeah, if you read the write-up in the National Day calendar about National Screenwriters, there's a cool thing about Ryan Reynolds. And I'm going to quote this. It says, it is when he's receiving his award for Best Actor, by the way, in the 2016 Critics Award for Best Actor. He said, I'd like to take this chance to thank the screenwriters, not just the ones on Deadpool, but everywhere. It is a hugely undervalued asset in Hollywood. They are the architects. They make us look good, unquote. That was pretty cool to read. Yeah, it's a lot of people, they don't realize that that's the seed. The script is actually the seed. Unfortunately, for some projects, it goes through multiple hands and people like to prune the tree one way and then they add fertilizer and then the tree grows this way and then they try to fix it and they tie it. When sometimes the screen's play is just fine the way it was to begin with, it's tough looking at a blank page and coming up with something new. It is. And we've seen so many series or so many movies fail because of poor story direction. I mean, take a look at the second to last season of Battlestar Galactica, which they had to delay because of the screenwriter's strike. And then they came back and it was a whole hum story because they hadn't had a lot of time to really get in the writer's room about it. And you could argue some of the DC movies, which, yes, that's crossing the streams here, but you could argue some of that is with poor story direction. So, yeah, I think screenwriters really do pull it all together. Are they the final say? No, but with good screenwriters, and with good other talent around, you have a great thing. But it starts with the screenwriter. So, yeah, I think that's cool. Also, I don't know if this means anything to you, but I also put this in there because it would mean a lot to my family because we use this quite a bit growing up. Happy National Whip Cream Day. Yum. That's very yum. In my household growing up, this is a very bad habit that I wish I would have never have seen, but we took the Ready Whip can. And, you know, just right into our mouths. No, that's never a good thing to do. It is never a good thing to do. So, Dad, bad on you for teaching me that. Bad, bad, bad. We actually don't keep Ready Whip in the house for that particular reason. Because if it's in the house, I'll go ahead and do it. 
Good thing it's not in the house. That's right. All right, let's move on with the show because everybody here wants to talk about Marvel. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fan-based podcast on the ABC television show Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the multiple Marvel small screen series like Runaways, which we'll be talking about today, and the Marvel Cinematic and Comic Book Universes in general. Because of headbutts and dinosaurs. If you'd like to talk to us about headbutts, dinosaurs, and poor driving, you can go to our website at legendsofshield.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. If you want to talk to us about driving your dinosaur straight into a tree, you can catch the ladies on our Facebook page at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Podcast. You can find us at Twitter at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. You want to see through the IR red eyes of a dinosaur and drive it around and tell us how it's going, you can catch us on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash gonna geek. You can tell your Amazon device to enable Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. skill. And remember, you can join our Discord server chat and talk to us all about driving a a dinosaur at goodageek.com slash Discord. You can drive Discord as well. But um, remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the goodageek.com network. Haley and Lauren are unable to join us here today. I'm guessing that Haley is still recovering from New Year's Eve, and that is why she called off today. She's still hung over from New Year's. Perhaps. I don't know. And Lauren, unfortunately, can't join us today. She'll be spotty over the next month, month and a half, and I will let her say why, but she is in good health. If you want to say hi, you can always catch her on Twitter, at Sithwitch. In the meantime, let's move on to talk about The Runaways Season 3. Runaway Season 3 aired, I think aired is a strong word, but it was live streamed on Hulu, was dropped on Hulu on December 13th, 2019. And as a side note, Michelle, I just want to say this actually got me to subscribe to a free trial of Hulu. You weren't subscribed to Hulu before? I was buying all the series either on Vudu or Prime or Apple or some other place. And unfortunately, it was nowhere to be found this weekend when I went looking for it. So I had to get it on Hulu. I like Hulu, uh, not only for some of the shows. It's actually a great source of anime. And I've been watching some anime again. I did go for the plan, the $11.99 a month plan, as it is now in January 2020, for the commercial free version because I have been watching them without commercials. Plus, I just didn't want to take extra time to watch through the commercials. However, as I recall past conversations with you, Michelle, you have the $5.99 version where they place ads during the commercial breaks. Yes, and I have it bundled with Disney Plus now. Okay, and I wish they would bundle it with Disney Plus with the ad-free version, but they don't. And also the ad-free version... There is like three or four shows which they said that they have to, they're contractually obligated to stream ads on, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is one of them. I don't mind the commercials. Sometimes I don't like seeing the same commercial over and over again, but that's what the mute button is for. That's, I check Twitter, you know, sometimes it's a minute or whatever. I check Twitter a little bit or hop on Discord. It's just something I'm used to. I'm fine with it, so. 
That's one of the things as you and I are both podcasters on the Starling Tribune, which is our podcast that we do over on the CW show Arrow, which is coming to a conclusion here shortly within the next month. But when I watch the streaming shows on that on the CW app, which is free, it compensates for the freeness with all these commercials. And that is my biggest beef with that is you get to see the same ad over and over, sometimes two or three times in the same commercial break. It gets a little old, but I assume with Hulu, it's not that bad. No, it's not as bad. But when you watch, I like rewatch Cowboy Bebop. And when you watch multiple episodes of something back to back, you're going to get repeats. Okay. And just to clarify, both of us are talking about the streaming version of Hulu. Neither of us have the live TV version of Hulu. No, I do not have that. Okay. So that is the short interlude here on Hulu, which you can find The Runaways Season 3 on. Now, the two episodes that we watched today for this podcast was Episode 1 and 2 of Season 3. The first one is Smoke and Mirrors. It was directed by Larry Tang, who has 29 directing credits, which started in 2009. He has seven episodes of Medium, one episode of Person of Interest, one episode of Warehouse 13, one episode of Burn Notice. These are all great shows, by the way. One episode of Almost Human. I'm assuming that's the American version of Almost Human and not the BBC version of Almost Human, which I watched, but for me, it just didn't hit home. One episode of Sleepy Hollow, seven episodes of Elementary, six episodes of Supergirl, which we both watched, two episodes of The Walking Dead, two episodes of The Runaways, one episode of Jessica Jones, and three episodes of Nancy Drew. So Larry has well steeped in what we will call genre television. It was written by Tracy McMillan, who has 11 writing credits starting in 1997. With three episodes of Life on Mars. Once again, I'm going to assume that is the U.S. version of Life on Mars. It could be the BBC version. I'm not clear on that right now because I'm not looking at the actual IMDb. One episode of Mad Men. Two episodes of Necessary Roughness. Three episodes of Satisfaction. One episode of Good Girls Revolt. And four episodes of Runaways. Michelle, what is the creative team behind The Great Escape? The Great Escape was directed by Philip John. Has 36 directing credits starting in 1987, including three spine chillers, two Murphy's Law, five Sugar Rush, two episodes of Mistresses, two Ashes to Ashes, 11 Being Human, 11 New Tricks, six episodes of Downton Abbey, four Outlander, one Stan Lee's Lucky Man, one Iron Fist, one Cloak and Dagger, one Runaways, and 12 episodes of Bang. This episode was written by Warren Sue Leonard has four writing credits starting in 2013, including two episodes of Perception, four How to Get Away with Murder, one Power, one Looking for Alaska, and four Runaways. And The Runaways is based on the Marvel comics by Brian K. Vaughn and Adrian Alfana. I thought it was great, again, to have these two episodes combined that we're talking about today. It just seems with these series that we've been talking about, these Hulu series and the Freeform series of Cloak and Dagger and Runaways, that two episodes of time at a time are enough material to be able to get through enough of the story to be able to podcast on later. So we're going to start with going down some things that we wanted to note of the two episodes. We're going to start with Michelle because you had an interesting one that I really liked seeing during the show because I forgot all about 
how awkward Zavin was. And we had a really cool Zavin Molly team up during the episodes. Yes, here you have Zavin, who we learn is an orphan and who joined the military out of feeling like there's no other option and is trained to not show emotions. They have them, but they are not clear on how to express them. With Molly, someone who is very expressive. She's the really most expressive one. She's very blunt. We need to go in and punch the bad guys. We're family. We're this. And to have those two together, it was just like this really great little buddy comedy in nestled in these two episodes. There was the conversation on the steps about how they share their story. And then Zavin, they're like, I think this is when we wrap our arms around each other. And then later on, Zavin is telling Molly, it's like, you are having self-pitying anger right now. And Molly's like, no, I'm just angry. And then Zavin's like, well, there's some whining in there. And then when they do the car and they're escaping in the car, Molly's like, I need to drive. And Zavin's just like, I just need to find the stabilizing button. You know, I can drive this galactic ship. I should be able to drive a car, but. No, they're not the same, Zavin. They are not the same. And as somebody who has lost a car over the holidays, I'll say, yes, it's not the same. Was nobody's fault in my household, by the way. It was yeah, mm, a little mad about that. But if there is a stabilizing button in all these cars, that would be great. And I think we're headed to that in five or 10 years with auto drive cars, not autopilot cars. There's a difference. That's for another subject. Maybe go over to the com show and I'll go over that someday. But yeah, that was pretty cool. Molly got in. She doesn't have her permit yet. She's 15. I don't know in California when you can get your permit. Do you happen to know that, Michelle? No, because when I lived in California, I was much older. I'd already had my driver's license. I'm thinking California might be similar just because there's so many cars on the road than New York where you can't get your permit until you're 16. Can't you get your driver's license? Until you're 16 and a half or 17 or something like that. So she is driving around this SUV that I'm just going to ballpark in the $100,000 to $150,000 range. And she's just driving around. Now, of course, she's a child of the York. So you get pride members. They're really rich and stuff like that. But still, it's a lot of car for that little girl to be driving around. But it's still better off for them than Zevin. And I'm kind of wondering why the security personnel didn't go run it up like, what are you doing? Get out of that car. Well, they thought it was Tina because Zavin can change shapes. One of the reasons why they are such a formidable opponent, we actually saw this again when you think Gert is calling and claiming to be the son, it actually ends up being Zavin in that great, you know, chase scene. And Tina is formidable do you really want to go up to her and go you need to drive this car a certain way you don't know how to drive the owner of the company no you're going to hang back and be like whatever lady whatever i'd be asking if there's something wrong with the car not necessarily them but yeah you brought up a great point so i want to talk about it so you have the alien family you've got the magistrate who is in Victor's body. You have the wife, which is in Stacy Stacy's body. You have the daughter, which is in Tina's body. Tina's body. But we don't know about the son. The son could be in anywhere. I thought we were close to that at the end of last season. I thought we knew that it was Alex, but 
I don't know who it is. And they, they pulled off the Gert thing for the switch and bait thing with the aliens to get him out of the house. And I literally thought since we just saw Gert and we just, we'll talk about Gert in a second. We just saw Gert. We just saw what she was up to. And then all of a sudden we see her on the phone say, I was stuck doing the thing and you asked me to reach out and I'm reaching out, come get me sort of thing. And I thought Gert was actually it. And it turns out it's not. It was Zavin. That was a good bait and switch right there. And considering we have that great moment with Dale and Gert and Dale is teaching Gert how basically to drive Old Lace. I think if the sun was in there, I think Old Lace would sense it. And I think that's how we can rule Gert out of being the sun. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Ruling Gert out. I think we can go with that. Okay. So let's get back to the thing because we haven't really discussed it. So Dale has Gert hostage, basically. And it's rough to say hostage because he's really trying to protect her against their mother, which is this alien person that's trying to kill everybody. At least that's what Dale thinks and, and everything. And I think Dale's actually trying to act for the better however i mean gert brings up some good points you tried to kill 17 teenagers over the years and you're not innocent and all this and everything so yeah there's that but i think dale's trying to atone for everything and so he gets gert to the cabin and then finally he's like yes i've seen the error of my ways now look before you go back to fight the good fight i gotta show you something about old lace we genetically designed old lace with this capability and it turns out that somebody, and I don't know if they were trying to do it through technology, but they discovered that Gert can do this telepathically. Somebody can actually drive the dinosaur. And then he says that Old Lace actually has more capabilities. So Old Lace was running really, really fast. And I don't know if it's as fast as his dinosaur should be running. I'm wondering what other capabilities Old Lace has that Dale just didn't have the chance to tell Gert about. It seems as though she was designed when they had their deal with Jonah at the beginning. I'm wondering if some of the things Old Lace can do is to actually harm perhaps Jonah, perhaps the aliens, their host or something. I think it has to come back somehow. That would make sense because the aliens have always kowtowed around Old Lace when they're around Old Lace. Because Tina, the alien that's in Tina, the daughter that's in, I don't know. What's the daughter's name? Have we? There's no. Yeah, it's just daughter, wife, son. I remember last season when Tina, as the alien, was around Old Lace. She was really hesitant around Old Lace. And of course, okay, so you're a person against this big old dinosaur. But you might be right. They might sense that Old Lace has some powers against them. Be interesting to see. It would. So that's Gert, that's Molly, that's Dale. And then Stacy actually comes out to it a little bit when she gets the memory thrown back into her so that we know that the hosts can fight back. But we also know at some point that the hosts don't fight back, that they will go into nothing and that the alien takes over and there's nothing left of the original person. I know. And. It was very interesting that it was Molly and with the hair clip. And it's also sort of like the hair clip going back to season one. 
And of course, Stacy gets there and she finds Dale and she's able to tell them at least about the portal, the plan about the portal. And she's about ready to say, this is how we can kill them. But then the mother comes back and doesn't like wearing glasses. Actually crushes them. So poor Stacy, when she takes over her body again, is not going to be able to see anything. Yes. And we learn the mother is not happy that, well, Jonah. Jonah is really the only one that still kind of has a name. Has a daughter. Calls her a half-breed. Awful term. And it's like now Jonah wants to be like, you know, maybe I could just leave my wife behind. That'd be cool. Yeah, that whole agreement. Okay, so (laughs) they have this plan to go back to their planet, which is called Gaborum. Yeah, so we know where the Church of Gaborum actually comes from now. It's because it's the planet where Jonah has come from. And Jonah's got all these things going on with his family. His wife really thinks he's changed. And yes, he has changed, which Jonah admits he's changed because he's lived a thousand different lifetimes since they were last together. Yeah, you will have changed. I get all that. In It's kind of like the Odyssey, right? When When Homer goes away... Or Ulysses go, you know, depending on which version you're reading, goes away and then comes back years later. You know, the the thought is that they haven't changed and they're back with their loves, but they've both been through some gigantic changes and they come back together. Well, it's the same thing here. And I don't blame them from changing, but in true Jonah fashion, they don't try to understand this. They try to backstab each other. I'm like, man, to be part of this family, it's just ugh. Zavin says they're ruthless and we have mother doesn't seem to like secrets, but her daughter loves them. And I, the fact watching, I'm, I can't remember the actor who's playing Tina. I apologize. How she goes from this very strict in control, you know, woman to this, basically this teenager selfie taking totes really dad personality has just been amazing and she's just like okay this is what i want you strip my brother of his power you name me your successor and everything's cool we can do this it's just yeah this family her name i think is Brittany ishibashi and i might be completely botching her last name and if so i i apologize but yeah to go back and forth with that with Oh, its primary purpose is to take all these selfie pictures. Like, no, that's not the primary purpose, but okay, if you want to go there, sure. That's the only purpose that you see, you know, in a true teenage girl fashion. And yes, teenage girls do take a lot of selfies. I don't care which one that is. I don't care if they're a Nobel scholar or if they're a cheerleader on a team or both. They're going to take a lot of selfies. In my observation, I've got two of them or had two of them. So there. Anyway, so the whole plan is that they're going to design this platform for a portal out of Tina's corporation. So this daughter who knows nothing about business or or anything goes into this corporation and completely doesn't know anything about human interaction. So she's drinking coffee, doesn't like coffee, drinking Sprite, seems to like Sprite, that sort of thing, or whatever pop it was, sparkling water or whatever it was. So she's trying to all these things out as for pleasure, right? And she's supposed to be directing everybody to do this. Unfortunately for her, she, the real Tina, was such a ruthless person that everybody was like, 
oh, okay. You know, they're talking about rolling out their 5G for their big whizzy phone or whatever it is, right? Like, well, I'm sorry, we're behind because of these issues and we can't move forward. And Tina's like, and the alien, the daughter, Tina, is like, you know, we're going to shift focus. We're going to go over and we're going to do this now. And everyone's like, okay. So in a normal corporation, what would you see? You would see a bunch of concerned faces. They would run to the board and there would be this big coup for the board, right? For this, everybody's just terrified of Tina. And not only are they terrified, they have to look on in horror as she misinterprets the delivery person. The delivery guy is like this mate has mates in his title and she thinks it's advertising that he wants to like mate with people and she goes and basically she's going to try to have her way with him and that's what it looked like like, (laughs) your husband you know everyone thinks your husband is in your husband is critically injured in the hospital we learned that they they do the they do the gas leak i love how in sci-fi uh, whether it's like Eureka or and other little things, uh, Buffy was the same thing, how it's always a gas leak. It's always the gas leak that destroys the building, explains the thing or whatever. So they use the gas leak thing to explain what Nico did to you know the building and we find out Robert's in the hospital. And here they are in this press conference and Jonah and the mother being serious and you know Tina's just like uh-huh like yeah my husband whatever <laughs> the little symbol the peace yeah, so sideway like, peace symbol whatever that's for yeah, yeah. And, and the whole mate thing yeah a lot of adult films probably start off with something like that I, <laughs> I don't know but yeah I could definitely see it so yeah the writers talking about screenwriters we were talking about them before they were having a little fun with that moment which was really fun all right, so let's talk about Nico since we're talking about Tina so much. Nico is becoming what I would consider to be a badass witch. And she has had these visions with this mysterious character who remains mysterious, unless you're either looking at IMDb or you have closed captioning on. So we're talking about Morgan Le Fay here. It's no big mystery to me because I have closed captioning on to make sure that I can understand what they're saying. And Morgan Le Fay, that's the Elizabeth Hurley character by special appearance that we're talking about. And I got to admit, Elizabeth Hurley is looking really nice in these shots. Yes, she is. And there's a whole backstory on Morgan Le Fay. We actually, uh, did we talk about Morgan Le Fay over at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I think we did. I do not recall. Yeah, I I thought we ran into a Morgan Le Fay character over there. If we didn't. It was definitely in the comics at the same time that we were talking about Morgan Le Fay with Tony Stark. I, I remember that whole thing in the comics. I, I don't remember which comic run it was. You know, I'm sure Lauren's going to come back and say, SP, this is what Morgan Le Fay was in the comics and everything like that. But we have this strong Marvel character by the name of Morgan Le Fay, which is now in Nico's visions and is enticing her to just let go and become one of everything, which I guess is going to be more important now because Jonah has destroyed the staff. I hope they can get it working again, but do you think it's destroyed for good? No, because the top part, we've seen before how uh, you can actually hold like the top part with 
and still sort of like having it work. I just think its extended version is broken. I think Nico is just too powerful. She'll either be able to absorb its power or fix it or something. We're getting those eyes again, which is very Doctor Strange. Um, again, Nico actually confesses to everyone that she's having these waking visions and hearing this voice. She actually thinks she's the fourth alien. When you know Morgan Le Fay is more about like the magic and this whole other, I believe, I don't know if they're connecting it to the dimension that Dr. Strange talked about, but with the eyes and with the connection, I hope that's what they're doing. I hope that's where they're going with it. I don't think she is the sun because again, with all that magic coursing through her, I think Alex has a point that if any alien was actually wanting to take her over, she has too much of a strong personality because of the magic, she would have just kicked him out. I agree. I don't think that Nico is the source of the alien. But back to the staff, I noticed that she was using commands over and over to camouflage them or shield them or or whatever. And I don't know if necessarily it was the same command that was used, but it was the same effect that was used. So I'm wondering if they kind of glossed over the previous canon and they said that she could use commands multiple times now, or if she was, her vocabulary has expanded, basically. Right, her vocabulary has expanded. She used, I think, either conceal and camouflage. I don't know what she used the other time. Okay. Yeah. It's called a thesaurus, and I think she's read it and has a whole bunch of words for different sort of things okay she's just got to keep track of which one she's used i guess anyway hopefully we'll we'll get more of the staff later because i think it's a very powerful weapon it turns out to be a very powerful weapon up to the point where jenna's like no and and destroys it and he's like i don't want to get stabbed with that thing again who can blame him i mean i don't like jonah but i wouldn't want to get stabbed by that staff either and she actually comes to terms with Caroline, right? So they, I forget where it is in which episode, but they have a short discussion about, I get why you did what you did. And they kind of reconcile from that whole thing of Nico killing her dad. Yeah. Carolina comes out. It's in the great escape when, um, because they're, they have the two vehicles and where's Chase going to go. And they have that nice little conversation and she sort of really understands sometimes you have to do this extreme thing for the people that you love or to, you know, do a bad thing for a good outcome. And she just sort of understands it. And it's nice that they have that little, you know, makeup moment. And it was after The Great Escape. You just mentioned that, which is really cool. So we were kind of wondering where these pods came from. And I, I kind of thought that the exterior of the pods was like this big glass enclosure it turns out it's kind of a shield or something i don't know it's kind of hard to see what victor had put together right there but they're in this algorithm where victor was in janet and chase chase thank you i just think it's stein it's not right okay so janet and chase and carolina are in these and they find out that the thing was never designed for three people and it was becoming overloaded and it was glitching quite a bit and it might shut down, leaving them there in the algorithm. Their bodies would die, and they didn't know what was going to happen with their minds. Well, during the Great Escape, what basically happens is Carolina kind of opens a door with her powers, and then Janet takes over, 
and she merges with the algorithm. So she is now one with the algorithm. She's in the matrix. Indeed. And that scene where she's saying goodbye to Chase, it was just beautiful. It was sad. It was beautiful. And really, Chase has now lost both parents. I don't know if Victor is actually strong enough to kick out Jonah. I don't even know if he would want to. It's kind of weird because maybe he, he feels some sort of power from it. And maybe Jonah might be thinking he's in control or something, doing some sort of weird mind stuff in the brain. So I think in a way, Chase has, you know, also lost both of his parents. At least for now. I don't know if Victor can come back or either. That's a good point. But remember, we still have that future vision. And we don't know whether that future vision of Chase calling back to his dad is completed yet or not. We had that debate last season. Some of us thought it was. Some of us thought it it was still out there. So that'll be interesting how Chase evolves over time. This is it. This is the only season that we're going to get. Runaways is now canceled. So either we see it or not. If we don't see it, we can either consider it to be completed in season two where that timeline was cut off, or we can say it's a loose thread of all these things. I'll be interested to see if that comes back at some point, but it is Chase telling Victor, don't do this because then bad things are going to happen and we can prevent it. So at some point, Chase is going to try to prevent all this. Well, it's about picking up the Fistigons and the Fistigons might be gone. So who knows? Okay. Also, we have a short storyline in and out about the Wilders and the law. We basically got Catherine admitting that she killed Darius and she did. So I don't know how they're going to get out of that. But Catherine was trying to protect Joffrey because he would have gotten life for it. But she thinks there's some way out. I don't know when you're dealing with killing somebody. Is there really somebody out? I don't know how this is all going to go down. She actually feels as though she deserves it because she's like, when I made that deal with Jonah, I lost my way. I lost my, my husband, my son, my marriage. Like when she killed Darius, she said, I lost your trust. And it's almost as though she feels like she deserves it, which, well, she killed Darius in cold blood. So yeah, (laughs) she deserves it. And as reiterated by Alex and I think it was Nico and all these parents deserve what's going on because they were involved with pride for so many years and they knew what pride was doing to kill people to sacrifice for Jonah along the way. Also talking about Jonah, you got Leslie's baby and Leslie thought she was safe because Zavin couldn't feel anything of what was going on inside the womb there. But we see through the ultrasound that the baby has glowy eyes. So definitely not human. Talking about half-breed, maybe that, or I don't know. So we we got something unnatural happening in Leslie. First of all, I mean, she's gone through nine months of pregnancy in like two days. But she also has this alien that's gestating in her body. And that's going to come up probably in the next episode. I think she's pretty close to giving birth. Yes, and... Again, it's possible that the son that they're talking about could have ended up in the baby because if things are right, she actually was pregnant when 
Jonah and the ship and everything went down. So technically, it would have been a body that it would have sensed, that the sun could have sensed, and maybe is in there. I'm down to Alex and Leslie's baby as being the son. I don't know about USP, but those are my two contenders. Who's the kid? Mike, the kid on the bike? I think it could be him, too. Sure. You could say it might have been Darius, but he's dead now, so that's not going to happen. I don't know. You've got two compelling options right there. I'll have to think about who the option will be before. the. I don't know if we're going to find out before next two episodes, next week's episode of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're going to go through the next two episodes of Runaways. So I don't know if we're going to find out before then or not, but uh, I'll have to think about it. But you got two great options. And out of the two, I think the baby is really compelling because the baby would be a major oops for the son. Like, oops, chose the wrong one. Now I'm a kid. Oh, I don't know. It's not like you're going to have baby Yoda running around. Oh, you don't think the baby's going to be cute and eat frogs and drink soup? (laughs) Drink soup with baby Yoda and Cara Dune any day of the week and twice on Sunday. But baby Yoda has a mean streak to him. We're talking about the Mandalorian, by the way. And baby Yoda has a mean streak to him. And I won't spoil, but you know what I'm talking about since you watched the whole thing. Not so much mean as misinterpreting the relationship between Cara Dune and the Mandalorian. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the Solga moment with the Beast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. This I will say about Baby Yoda. If you ever get Baby Yoda in your spaceship, make sure you take apart one piece of the spacecraft to let Baby Yoda play with. (laughs) Yes. And don't tell him to not touch something. (laughs) Don't touch this. (laughs) Don't touch this. (laughs) That was fun. Anyway. uh, Yeah. So Leslie's baby. I think you're right. Yeah. All right. You got anything else to say about these first two episodes of season three of The Runaways? Molly's speech at the end with Chase. Again, Molly stressing. She's always been the heart of it because she is she's blunt and emotional and she's proud to be emotional. She's just like, let's go, you know, punch bad guys. She's like, we all make mistakes. And yes, I love how they they talked about Chase in the third person. And eventually he's just like, okay, fine, fine. I'm just going to take it. She's like, yes, he's a coward and he's a traitor, but he's still family. And in the end, you have to accept family for their flaws sometimes. And she tries. Everyone else is just like, one night. You get one night, Chase. But she tries. Is he a coward? I don't know if Chase is a coward. I know she said he was a coward, but I don't know if he's a coward. He didn't give up the fight because he was being a coward. He gave it up because he thought the parents were good and he was going to try to spy on the inside. And everybody disagreed with him, granted, but I don't think coward would be the term I would use. Maybe because he gave into them and tried to convince the others to come home. Perhaps that's why, because he didn't give up a bigger fight and he didn't, you know, fight and come back to them. Maybe that's the interpretation for coward that they're using. Yeah, perhaps. We have quite the fun season ahead of us. We've got the crossover with Cloak and Dagger coming up. I didn't know when it was going to show up. It hasn't shown up yet. 
But next week, we'll be talking about Runaways Season 3, Episode 3, Lord of Lies, and Season 3, Episode 4, Rite of Thunder. It's going to be a fun ride because this is it. This is all we get for those two shows. We're not going to get anything beyond this unless they try to resurrect it on Disney+. Plus. I just don't see Kevin Feige do that. And the reason I say that is Kevin Feige is now the head of all Marvel screen content. So it'd have to go through Kevin in order to get there. So I just don't see it happening as much as we would love to see this incarnated in another thing. I think the Netflix series have a chance, but I don't think these have a chance. So anyway, we're going to have a fun time going through the rest of these episodes. I'm looking forward to it. Another thing that came out since we recorded last, and it was, I think just a misfortune on the date is ABC aired the Stan Lee special on the 20th of December, 2019. And that's since we've recorded last that was like the weekend, the Friday of when Star Wars came out, in addition to being right bingo in the middle of the holiday season. And I did not catch it that night. I went to the ABC app to stream it, and I was able to do it because I have a cable subscription. I don't know if those that do not have a cable subscription, if they're able to do that. But I watched it, and it was a good celebration of Stan at the very end they had some never released before footage of Stan Lee talking to himself as a younger person. And it was pretty cool getting Stan Lee talking to a younger Stan Lee and, and mentioning what advice he would give and stuff like it. Cause you know, Stan Lee's soapbox and stuff like that, which they talked about during the episode. Stan Lee is the architect of most of the Marvel space that we deal with right now he's not he had he didn't create everything he was ahead of marvel for a little while marvel fell down and went bankrupt during his leadership but i i don't necessarily know if it's entirely his fault you can argue that uh but it was at a time where comic books were really difficult to come by and i think even that got us the mcu that we know today and the marvel that we know today that's owned by disney now so if you haven't seen it before and you really want to know about Stan Lee's life, that's a good spot to start. Uh, Michelle, you not have not had a chance to watch it yet, right? No, I haven't. Yeah. So again, I missed it on my DVR. I did go back to the ABC app to watch it and it's there. I don't know where else it would be, but it was, it was worth the hour to watch it for me being a Marvel podcaster. If you're interested in the Marvel universe the way it is today both comic books and on the screen i think it would be well worth it so yeah we'll see if Haley and lauren have anything more to say about that in the future but yeah that is something that happened since we were last on so michelle with that do you want to go full matrix you want to merge with the algorithm and get out of here sure do okay here we go Twenty nineteen was such a great year. We're hoping for a great year and even better for twenty twenty as we move into phase four in the MCU. We see the finale of Agents of Shield and we get all these new things that are coming out on Disney Plus. It's gonna be a fun year for twenty twenty. And I just want to thank you, our listener, for one, giving us our best year ever with twenty nineteen, staying with us, uh, for encouraging us to watch these series and to communicate with us on all the means, you know, Discord, Twitter. And through email, we really appreciate you and we're looking forward to more interactions with you in the future. 
Yes, thank you for downloading us and listening to us in this long hiatus, you know, on our way to the next season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We appreciate all the interaction and all of your listen. Indeed. Until next time, I'm Director SP. And I'm Agent Michelle. I'm going to see if I keep Director after Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. leaves, but we'll talk about that later. Bye. See you guys next time. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. Yay! Did you have a good holiday season? Yeah. Okay. You? I'm just getting over a cold and uh, oh, that took that yeah better part of the second half, although I was at work anyway, uh, which was, you know, it's always great being at work when you're coughing and sniveling and stuff like that. It's a time of year where it's kind of like you ever hear those people that are accountants for companies and they say it's year end, so we have to be there. Yeah. Yeah. This was pretty much the equivalent of it. So yeah, I had to be at work and, and somebody had to be at work and we're just transitioning this year. So I kind of had to be there. If I had vacation plan, my boss would have been fine with not being there, but as it was, I had to be there. So yeah, I was there every day suffering through it. Yeah. And then coming home and just, just, uh, absolutely collapsing. It probably should have taken like three or four days off, but I didn't. So I've saved that time off for. The good days, not the rainy days. <laughs> yeah. We have a bunch of people that have what we call user lose vacation time at the end of the year. I do. I have it. And well, these people have anywhere from three to five weeks. So they literally take most of the month of December off. I'm, I'm just scratching my head like, okay, I get it. It's kind of a busy time of year, but would you rather have that time off or would you rather have the time off? During the summer or spring when it's nice. Yeah, I, I spread my I spread mine out. I do. That's what I do. Because then it's fun stuff and everything. Yeah, but people just like they get to the end of the year and like, okay, I'm out. See you next year. <laughs> I'm like, okay, whatever. That kind of sucks. It, it most of the actually a significant part of the population uh, my building does, and part of it is that. It's a considered a downtime for leadership. So leadership takes that time off because they can't take that time off anywhere else during the year. And I'm like, but it's so much better if you do take time off during, you know, the rest of the year. And there's always something that that's the thing that they get roped into. Always something to be there for. And like, no, somebody else can handle it. You can go. You don't have to be there the whole time. Anyway. You don't remember any big news coming out, do you? No. All I remember is 
Toss a coin to your witcher. Oh, Valley of Plenty. Oh, Valley of Plenty. So that's the news I have. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I did catch up to the Mandalorian. Are you current on the Mandalorian? Oh, yes. That was, oh my gosh. Oh, that's, oh, that cliffhanger. What a final shot. What a final shot. It was that well blade. done. Oh, the blade. They brought the blade in. It did. Uh, it was good. And uh, I forget what his name is, the actor that played the guy with the blade, but I think he was in. He was in Breaking Bad. Something, Carlo, Carlo. I know who, yeah. He was also in that futuristic TV show that we all thought was bad. Revolutions, I believe, on NBC. Yes. He was in that too. Now, I'm not going to take anything away from him, you know, because he was on Revolutions, but that's just where I knew him from, Revolutions. So, yeah, saw that. That was all cool. I did, I had to go back in my mind, and I'll have to rewatch the series to see what my favorite episode really is, but I'm, I'm hanging on too. I, the eight, the final was good, but I'm hanging on too. What was your best episode? Was it eight? Yeah, because it, not just because it brought everything together, but we got really cool scenes from everybody, not just, you know, the main guys, but the armorer. I hope she comes back. That fight with her and the stormtroopers, she just has these, you know, blacksmith tools, basically. And she actually gets one into that smelter and melts a stormtrooper. That's badass. Like that, you know, and then the, then the droid breaking my heart. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I didn't, uh, hmm. I didn't go, I wasn't fully invested in the joy or emotional because I kind of had a sense of what was going on because Mando was so against droids and stuff like that. So I thought, okay, the droid's going to come in and save the day. And then like, probably going to have a droid sacrifice at some point too, because he saved the day. It's just the way that Dave likes to run things. Dave Filoni. Yeah, that was all cool. Now the armor, I have a theory that the armor is Sabine. <laughs> I need to finish Rebels. Yeah, you have to get to that last, the, the actual last uh, scene. We're supposed to be getting a new season of Clone Wars. Yeah, that was announced a while back. There's only six, eight, ten episodes, something like that, but it'll wrap up. They gave it to Dave to wrap up everything. And the way that Dave has approached everything. I have no doubt that it's going to be a good wrap up and I still need to watch the Clone Wars to even know what I'm talking about there. We're supposed to be getting a new season of Clone Wars. Yeah, that was announced a while back. There's only six, eight, ten episodes, something like that, but it'll wrap up. They gave it to Dave to wrap up everything and the way that Dave has approached everything. I have no doubt that it's going to be a good wrap up and I still need to watch the Clone Wars to even know what I'm talking about there. So since we spoke last, I have completed a watch of the Watchmen on HBO. That was interesting. DC Comics, but I didn't think it was going to go into the DC Comics lore at first. I thought it was a completely alternate universe and then it got right in there. It was it was pretty cool. I've watched uh the first season of Westworld on HBO again. Interesting premise. And I didn't realize, I will say this I didn't realize the first season was a time travel show until the end. 
Oh, okay. It's not really giving anything away, but you don't realize it until the end. When you get to the end of season one, you're like, oh, that makes total sense now. And then you go back and you watch uh, scenes and you're like, oh, wow. That was from different time periods. I did not get to the expanse. Um, oh, my God. I got my mom to watch it. She marathoned it in the week. Cool. The, like just the season four or all of it? All of it. She's off for the holidays. And I finally talked it up enough. And at first, you know, that first season, she just went, I don't know. I was like, mom, it took me. Somebody told me if you don't like it by episode five, don't watch it. And she just went, yep. She went in the middle of episode four. She loved it. And I'm like, going, boom. And close. She, was it close quarter battle? Was that the one that she liked? Yeah. It was yeah. episode four of season one. Yeah. Mandalorian, I guess, was the other thing. Yeah. Yeah, I have a bunch of others to watch, but that's what I've got through so far. So now I've been talking about cutting the cord, and I don't think I will until Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is done. Because I can't get everything, even with like two services, I can't get everything the way it is now for me. So I'll I'll go until then, but after that I'm thinking the cord. and The level of shows that are streaming, the quality of the shows that are streaming versus the quality that's on broadcast tv or linear tv mm-hmm. it's so much of a there's so big of a delta now in terms of quality because we were talking about it before revolutions revolutions i think the concept in a streaming show would have been amazing but we got what i consider to be crap <laughs> on yeah. on nbc i've got issues with nbc i've got issues with sci-fi which is owned by nbc and I still will, but I now see that I'm never going to get what I want from linear TV, but I am getting what I want in streaming shows and premium channels. So I'm going to invest in those because I don't want to be yeah. aggravated by watching crap. Yeah, I want to have that talk with mom because a lot of it, like she DVRs a lot of stuff, but it's network stuff that. She has, she knows how to use Roku because she has the Roku app, Okay, you know, Roku. And so she knows how to work it. And it's like a lot of the NBC stuff. Well, that's going to be on the NBC app. The free ad supported NBC app. Yeah. Yeah. And it's already, and it's going to be there. It's not going to go away. It's like, this is us. It's going to be there. Like, I know part of it is like all the football. If I could figure out a way for her to get all the football. And not buy NFL ticket somehow. Mm-hmm. Because like $90 a month, I could be, I could, I know I could watch Vikings through the history app, I think, or even through Hulu, I think. Not too sure. Because I know there's a way for me to watch Vikings online. Everything else. So I did catch up with Vikings. Uh, it's as, as good as it's been. It's been a continuous storyline and you can tell there's a little bit of a, maybe an unbelievable part that continues to rise in it but it's not huge this is the last season of it so yeah i'm glad it is my key shows for family members are the bachelor and the bachelorette great and the hallmark channel now i can stream hallmark channel through friendly tv which also includes a little bit of a dvr so i think that would solve the issue and that's low that's like 6.99 a month or 5.99 a month that's no big deal ABC is a different issue, but 
you know, depending on what streaming service I get, ABC might be taken care of. Uh, Deadly's Catch is another thing that I think it's it's got to come to an end at some point. Uh, so maybe I can just catch the seasons later, like buy the season later or something like that. Uh, I don't know if you've heard or not. Probably not a lot of people have, but there was a boat that went down. It wasn't one of the boats that was on the show, mm. but it was another boat. And this is two boats within two years that have gone down due to severe icing conditions and uh, overloaded with pots. So, I mean, it's a systemic issue that you're seeing now that the fishery has been trying to take care of with regulations, but I think they're going to hammer everything now. Like they've recertified boats on how much they can actually take because all the certifications were done decades ago because not a lot of these boats are are built again. And uh, the certifications were based on uh, when the boats were lighter and when the pots were lighter. So now the boats are heavier, the pots are heavier, and they're riding lower and uh, dealing with heavier seas and that sort of thing. So that's combining to it. So they're all recertifying all the ships as to how many pots they can actually carry. And you have to get your boat weighed for this. You, You have to do a stability test and stuff like that. But anyway, I'm just kind of curious as all that comes out. It's uh, five people died out of a seven person crew. Six people died two years ago out of six on the destination, Mm. which, yeah. And both the captains were experienced captains. They weren't uh, captains that cut corners or that sort of stuff. So it's definitely, like I said, a systemic issue with with how the, the fleet is operating today versus how it was operating 20 or 30 years ago anyway so that's one of the reasons i want to keep watching i fully realize that some of the storylines are produced and stuff like that but i'm more interested in in the real parts of it than there are real parts of it so yeah i would like to watch that so those are like the the main things and like you said the sports like we're watching the vikings game today why because we're from minnesota and and we were like okay this is gonna be the last game of the season okay so we play the 49ers next week that will be the last game of the season so be nice to watch it. I hope not. 49ers are the best team in football, so I don't know. It's the Vikings. They can pull it out. They can. Yeah, not so much. Uh, That's why I'm no longer a Vikings fan. I know they're going to punt it at some point in time. No pun intended. I mean, I hope for them. We're rooting for them. But. Well, my son's like getting aggravated and he's like swearing at the TV and stuff like that. Like. <laughs> It's the Vikings. They're, they're going to do stupid stuff. They're being coached by a Bengals coach, Zimmerman's from the Bengals. So it's like, it's, this is not Belichick. This is not Tom Brady. I mean, come on. Which is really great that they lost, by the way. Yes. And if you want to really rass Steven, say, hey, Steven, how's football this week? Because he's a big Patriots fan. <gasps> well, you didn't know that. No. Oh yeah, he is a huge Patriots fan. Oh. We we dance around because I know what a hot button this is for him. We dance around it a little bit between Chris him and me. But we tried to have a serious conversation like once or twice and he got like pissed off. Like I've never seen Steven pissed off as much as as when we were talking about when we were really getting at the Patriots. I forget. Like one of them might have, might have been one of the cheating scandals and another one might have been like is Tom Brady the goat or whatever? And I think there's no argument now. He's definitely the goat. I mean, you, you can't with all the Super Bowl appearances and rings, you can't say he's not, right? But it's like, okay, it's time to move on. And even that gets him pissed off. Like, so after Saturday, I think you could go in the Discord and say, How how did 
how did everybody's football weekend go? Did your teams win? You, you, you can get them. You can get into them there. Okay. Or on Twitter. Yeah, just, you know, just kind of. I am not allowed to call them the Patriots in this household. Not in front of my mother. I have to call them the cheaters in front of my mother. So. <laughs> and, and they do. Well, every team cheats, right? It's just, can you get away with it? And how, what extent do you do to cheat? Right. I, I realize that they're all professionals looking for an edge. It's like the substance abuse in MLB for like in the eighties and nineties and stuff. Everybody was doing it because everybody was looking for that Barry Bonds, right? He's looking for the yeah. edge and stuff like that. Patriots, yeah, they're going to cheat, but do they get caught? And is it within like reasonable bounds or something like that? So, anyway, well, with that knowledge, have fun. <laughs> you too. And uh, I will see you next week. See you next week. Legends of Shield is copyright 2013 through 2020.